Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. Hey, we're continuing our series uh, called Wind Powered. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid growing up in boarding school, uh, I had two major highlights to every day. First highlight was, of course, when school was over. But when school was over and I was making my way back to my dorm room, uh, the highlight was swinging by my, uh, my dorm parents' uh, apartment. And, uh, and, and outside their apartment, there's like a little cubby hole uh, kind of boxes, and they were mailboxes. And as a little kid away from home, I'd always make sure I swung by those mailboxes and looked inside to see if there was a letter from mom and dad. And if there was, I ran over there, I'd grab it, take it to my room, and I'd open it up, and I'd read. And man, to get a good word from home was was gas in the tank and wind in the sails. Um, uh, Mom and dad would just kind of split the space on an aerogram. Some of you have no idea what an aerogram is. You don't, you don't know what you're missing. Um, but they would split space and, and, and they'd write about what was happening and they'd, they were great writers. They'd write every week and, and then every once in a while they'd grab a postcard and they'd uh, write a quick note and mail a postcard. And man, I love getting the postcards because there was a picture of my hometown on the front, Hong Kong, where I was uh, born and raised, and man, I see that picture and a longing to be back in my hometown would rise up in my spirit and anticipation to be reunited with, uh, with my family again, again, was rising in my heart. Friends, it was, it was gas in the tank, it was wind in my sails, it was so awesome to have a good word from home. Now, as we make the shift from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the, the love chapter that most people are, are, are pretty familiar with, but they just don't really know the context, uh, we get to chapter 14, and Paul is going to start talking about how to put that love into action, and what he's going to begin speaking about is a gift that functions as a good word from home. It's gas in the tank. It's wind in the sail. So I want to read these four verses from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and, um, and then uh, talk just a little bit more about this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, it says, let love be your highest goal, but should, you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. This is God's holy word. Uh, last week, Jennifer talked to us about 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and, and she mentioned how uh, there was a lack of love in the church, and when there's a lack of love, it's, it's, it doesn't really matter how talented or how gifted you are, it's really hard to hear you because it's like a clanging cymbal, and if you were uh, engaged last week, you saw she had a cymbal, and she was talking, and she was banging on the cymbal, and you couldn't, you couldn't hear 
Um, and in chapter 14, what Paul is talking to us about is that actually what this is looking like is, see, they're, they're ranking and rating each other's spirituality by the gifts they possess. And it appears from 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that there are those who have the gift of tongues and, and Paul's saying, that's great, I'm glad you have that gift. It's a great gift. Uh, it's, it's, it's a gift we as a church believe is still active today. Um, but it's, it's a gift that really builds you up personally. And, and Paul is saying that, hey, um, your, your spirituality isn't ranked and rated by what gift you have. And, uh, and while that's a great gift, what, what you should really desire to have is, uh, is this gift called prophecy. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5, words will be on the screen for you. Listen to Paul's heart on this. He says, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. Prophesy or a prophet. Just saying the words maybe causes fear to rise in some. I mean, Aren't prophets and isn't prophecy, is, aren't prophets those kind of just strange people? They, they, they dress a little bit odd. They talk weird. I mean, they have this accent. They kind of talk in the accent of the King James Version, and they end every sentence by saying, thus saith the Lord. I mean, aren't these people with this, aren't, aren't they the crazy ones who said the world was going to end after Y2K? And, and doesn't the Bible say in the book of Deuteronomy that when someone's a false prophet, they're supposed to be put to death? Is that what we're supposed to do? That interesting little note, the verse before that in Deuteronomy chapter 18 uh, that says false prophets when they, when they prophesy should be put to death. Uh, it says those who don't listen to prophets should be put to death. Well, that's a whole other sermon. But back to this gift of prophecy, uh, it just seems like, you know, people, it comes to our mind is that you know, someone who is a prophet or has a gift of prophecy, they just kind of have that wild look in their eye and they're kind of on that edge. You know, just look, are they, are they all there? And friends, it doesn't surprise me that we'd have this fear or this suspicion rise in us because the adversary of the church, the enemy of the church, the enemy of our souls wants nothing more than to keep you and I from receiving a good word from home. He doesn't want gas in our tanks. He doesn't want wind in our sails. And what Paul is saying here is that, friends, that this is a gift that you should desire, that you should ask for, that you should want to move in because not only is it a wonderful gift because it's a good word, but it's a practical way that we get to live out 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We get to love one another by sharing a good word from home. So here's what I want to do today. I, I want to just answer two questions uh, as it relates to prophecy, and then I want to just give you three descriptions of what, why, why this is such a good word, why this is a gift that you and I would want to pursue. Two questions. The first question is going to be, what is prophecy? The second question is going to be, what is the difference between like Old Testament prophecy and New Testament prophecy? I mean, is there a difference? Are, are, are they the same? And that's really an important question to answer. So let me just start by going after this question of what is prophecy? Well, there's two dimensions to answering that question. The first dimension is, is simply, it, it's a foretelling. It, it, when the, when the, the prophetic gift is in use in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is an aspect of it that is a foretelling. Uh, you're probably familiar in the, in the Old Testament, Jeremiah, he's prophesying that Babylon is going to attack and conquer Jerusalem. He tells, it, tells that before it happens, and it does happen. In the New Testament, 
we see it again, Acts chapter 11. Words will be on the screen for you. There's a prophet, his name is Agabus. It says, during this time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. This was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. So in the Old Testament, we, we, we've got a foretelling, and in the New Testament, the prophetic gift also has a bit of a foretelling. And by the way, it's important to notice that in Acts chapter 11, the famine hasn't taken place yet, but when Agabus gives that word, the church starts taking offerings, and they start sending resources down to Judea and Jerusalem. They so take seriously this prophecy from Agabus that they're putting a plan into action long before a famine would ever take place. So in a sense, the, the prophetic gift, the, the gift of prophecy, yes, it's a foretelling, but the second dimension, really the dimension that Paul is going after here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, is that it's listening to God for others. You've heard me talk about this before in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that, you know, Paul says, who, has, who knows the thoughts of a man but the spirit of the man? Let me just put that in just real normal terms. Who knows what I'm thinking right now? If I was to pick a number between one and a million, what number would that be? The only person who knows the number would be me. And then Paul says, and who knows the thoughts of God but the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God is the only person who knows what God is thinking. But then Paul says something beautiful. He says, ah, but you have the spirit of God within you. You have the mind of Christ. Friends, think about this. What Paul is saying is if God chooses to reveal, you can know what God is thinking, what he's saying to you, and yes, what he might be saying to others. In summary, answering this question, what is prophecy? It's a foretelling, and it's listening to God for others. But the second question is, is, is equally important is, okay, so what's the difference between Old Testament prophecy and New Testament prophecy? Well, um, there's this foretelling aspect, that, that, that's for certain, but let's remind ourselves that as New Testament believers, we have a tremendous gift. The gift is this, the Spirit of God lives within us. You cannot be a Christian and not have the Spirit of God indwelling. You are sealed with God's Spirit. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit is, one of his primary roles is to convict us of sin. And so we have this nudge that, uh, okay, we, we, we got off track a little bit and, and the Spirit of God is inviting us back in. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God did not indwell God's followers. The Spirit was not given yet. And so what would happen is the spirit would come on prophets and prophets would go and they would convict. They would go and confront those who follow God. Example of this is the prophet Nathan. David has committed sin with Bathsheba. He's committed adultery. His spirit, God's spirit, is not indwelling him. And Nathan goes and confronts David of his sin. But an interesting thing happens in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29 will help us understand this. Paul writes, let two or three people prophesy and let others evaluate what is said. Okay, what, 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 what's going on here? You gotta get this. In the Old Testament, the, 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 the prophets confronted the people. 
in the New Testament, the people, they actually judge the prophets. In the Old Testament, the, the prophets judge the people. In the New Testament, the people judge the prophets. There's a complete reversal. Before the cross, the prophets are confronting God's people. And actually, after the cross, the prophets are comforting God's people. That doesn't mean that there isn't perhaps a challenge in uh, a, a good word from home. God will challenge us. I mean, read Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. But you will always find hope in the New Testament use of the gift of prophecy. And so if you have that gift, one thing that's really important is to understand that there's a New Testament sort of uh, way of using this gift, and sometimes people get stuck in the confronting and trying to expose people's dirty laundry. That's, that's not the New Testament gift of prophecy. Paul says, actually, this gift can be a good word from home. Let me just illustrate that for a moment. This morning, we did baby dedications. And as many of our staff do baby dedications, as I've done now for 15 years here, before each baby dedication, I'm listening for the blessing that the father wants to speak over each child. I'm asking, Lord, what's your good word for McAdam? What's your good word for Anthony? What's your good word for Caden? And I just listen. And oftentimes it's scripture. Or oftentimes it's just words. Maybe a picture might come to mind. And during baby dedications, I'm just speaking a good word that the Father, it's not my words, it's listening to God for others. And you're declaring what the Father's heart is, in this case, for children. And friends, Paul says, this is something we should eagerly desire to do for one another. That prophecy should not be a gift to be feared. Actually, it's a gift to lean into. And, and Paul says it's one of the most helpful gifts. And here's why. There's three aspects to this gift that, that really are a, a, a good word. And, and the first one is this. It, the prophecy is a good word that builds up. It's a good word that, that, that builds up. Uh, Paul goes on to say that, you know, it, it encourages, it, 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 it builds up, it strengthens, it, it comforts, and it begins by saying prophecy is a good word that builds up. What Paul is using here is construction language. It's, it's to, to kind of incrementally build something with care, something that's carefully engineered. You probably know this quite well, but we live in a day and age where the default is to deconstruct, to, to see what's wrong and to point out how something could be done better and uh, maybe make some posts about that or maybe just, uh, just, just make some observations, share your opinion with your, your friends. And this is really an easy thing to get into because it's part of our cultural norm. I don't know if you remember the famous Texas stadium in Irving, Texas, where the Dallas Cowboys used to play. Uh, this video is on the screen. Uh, not too long ago, uh, it was imploded. Uh, there were some charges set, and uh, that, that stadium took just under two years to build. It was built carefully. It had that kind of the odd hole in the roof. Two, almost two years it took to build. But friends, it came down in 12 seconds. That's how quickly a disparaging word can erode and take away from our, well, from our courage. 
And this is why Paul says, hey, friends, this is a gift that you want to lean in and engage in because actually, instead of implosion, this accomplishes something else. It actually builds up. I mean, think about a house that you've driven by on your way to work or on your way home that's being built and you see the slow progress. Or think about driving downtown, you see the new police station, and it's almost done, it looks beautiful. And, and yet, in the early days, it was just kind of an empty lot and now it's taken shape. Or think about the new Union Gospel Mission and remember, it's just seeing the, the steel girders going into place and eventually it's going gonna, it's gonna to house and, and take care of dozens upon dozens, hundreds of those who are homeless. It's a work of construction. And Paul says, friends, you need a good word. You need a good word that's gas in the tank, that's wind in your sails. And when we listen to God for others, we actually begin to help build them up in the faith. The second aspect of, uh, of, of, of this gift of prophecy is that actually it's, it's, it's a good word that encourages. Paul begins by saying uh, that he uses cons- construction language. And this this builds you up. But then he says he actually begins to shift gears and starts to use motivational language. He said it's a word that encourages. Actually, when, when you speak a good word from home, that I, it helps someone persist. It helps someone stay in the game. It helps that person who's thinking about throwing in the towel to stick to it and keep on with Jesus. Yes, there's much that discourages. It literally takes the, the courage out of you. But this good word is a word that makes a deposit of courage in you. It's to cheer you on and to say, keep on, it's worth it. To, to kind of put hope in front of you and when someone speaks a word, a good word from home that is constructive or motivates you to keep on following after Jesus, friends, it's gas in the tank. It's wind in the sails. Because it's not their words, it's the words of the Father. And the last aspect of this gift of prophecy is that prophecy is, uh, it's a good word that comforts. Again, Paul uses construction language. And then he uses motivational language. And then he uses the language of medicine. It's a healing word. Some years ago, Trina and I were on our way to a spiritual retreat in the Middle East. We stopped in uh, in Portugal, and we were going to catch a flight later in the afternoon. We had the morning off, and uh, the place we were staying had a pool. So we thought, ah, we'll just hang out by the pool and... Um, and then we'll make our way to the airport and landing, get on to the next part of this trip. I'm reading a book by the pool, and other team members are in the pool, and Trina mentioned halfway through the morning, yeah, you look like you're getting a little pink, you're getting a little sun, and I'm like, ah, oh, no, I'm fine, I'm good. And, and then the time came to, you know, we need to go to our room and kind of finish the final packing, and so I, we did that, and man, I could just tell, I had a little pain in my shoulders and neck, and... Man, when I got into bed that night, my skin was on fire. I was, I was a lobster. Uh, the next morning when I got in the shower, the, the cold water felt 10 times colder. And you know if you've ever done this, the, the warm water felt like it was boiling water. And I was in pain. And I needed something. And we rushed around to a pharmacy and tried to explain in broken English to, you know, hey, do you have something for sunburn? And, and we finally got to a pharmacy and they gave us this ointment. And, um, and I, we put this ointment on and, and 
the pain just lifted. I mean, <laughs> this ointment was like magical. In fact, so magical that every time I go back to the Middle East, I go looking for this stuff because it's hard to find. And it just eased my distress. It lifted my pain. And friends, this is what Paul is getting at. He's saying, you need a good word. Because some of you are in distress. Friends, some of you listening right now, watching right now, and you are in distress, you're in distress financially. You're in distress financially. You're wondering how you're going to pay bills, and it's stressing you out. Some of you right now are in relational stress. Your, your marriage is stressed. Or it's just high levels of anxiety in your house because you're, you're homeschooling now. Uh, or you're trying to adjust to whatever the realities of, of COVID are for you in these days. There's, there's a distress that's come up. Some of you right now have heard a diagnosis that's incredibly distressing. And you need a good word. You need a word that's gas in your tank, wind in your sails, that will ease your pain, that will ease your distress. And Paul is saying, friends, we get to do that for one another. We get to speak a good word from home. Not words that we're making up, words that flow from our time with God as we listen and say, Lord, how do you want to build up? How do you want to motivate? How do you want to heal? And Paul is saying, oh, this is a gift that allows us to put love into action. So as I wrap up, just a couple ways that you and I could lean into being a people who speak a good word. The first one is really quite simple. We need to begin asking Holy Spirit for the gift, the wind-powered gift of prophecy. Just ask. And, and friends, can I just say 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, says that, Paul says, you should eagerly desire the more helpful gifts. That word eagerly desire, literally, it, it, most oftentimes it's translated, wait for it, lust. He's, Paul's literally saying, you should lust for the most helpful gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, Paul says, this is the gift to go after, especially the gift of prophecy. Friends, it is actually more unbiblical to not ask for this gift than to ask for it. It's entirely biblical. It's strongly encouraged by the Spirit of God to ask for this gift because it's an active way for you and I to show love for one another because we need a good word. We need to be built up. We need to be encouraged to stick with it and keep following our Christ. We need healing. And we need to move in the gifts of the Spirit. So ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I, this is all new to me, but, but I, I want to lean into this. I want to be able to speak a good word. It's entirely a biblical prayer. Here's the second thing I would encourage as I wrap up. Would you this, this week see it as your homework assignment to write an encouragement card, but listen first? Let me explain. Would you just get a piece of paper or a card and, and a pen, and before the ink goes to paper, would you pause and listen and say, okay, Lord, 
Who do you want me to speak a good word for you today? And just listen. Who's God bringing to mind? Some of you right now have a name already coming to your spirit about who you should write this week. And then once you have your name, you pause and listen and say, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, what's on your heart for this person? And you listen. And what you find is sometimes scripture will come to mind. Perhaps a song will pop in your mind. It could be a mental picture that begins to emerge that you just may want to meditate on for a bit and wonder and help process. Okay, Lord, what are you saying through this? And then you write it. It's a good word from home. Now, if you want to evaluate to make sure it is a good word, you could ask these questions. Is this going to build up? Is this constructive? Is this going to be motivation? Is this going to be encouraging? Is this going to be a healing word? And if you can answer yes to a question like that, then it's a good word, friends. And we need to hear good words from our Father. And we need to be a people who are listening to God, not just for ourselves, as important that is, but listening to God for others. Because a good word is gas in the tank. A good word from home is wind in the sails as we follow our Jesus together. Let's pray. So Lord, we thank you because you have spoken so many good words over us. You are the word. You, you are our good father. You are our kind Christ. You are our Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, would you make deposits today? As people say, Lord, I, I, I want to be used by you and I want to love on my brothers and sisters in the only way that you could make possible. We don't want to be presumptuous. We don't want to speak out of turn. But Lord, should you trust us with this gift, would you release it now over and over and over again that your church might be strengthened, encouraged, and comforted in these days. We pray this in the name of our Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org.